Oh, you see, you don't need a backing track. You just need me. That's all you need. Oh, sorry there. Welcome to another episode of Holly Babble. Yeah, boy. Uh, we're back at you for another week talking about Lent. I just realised <laughs> how much I missed you. We haven't recorded in like a few weeks. <laughs> we're all good. We're all good. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Lent. Oh, sorry. We didn't introduce each other. Uh, so, yes, your name is? My name is Paulina. Oh, such a lovely name it is too. And my name is Alec. There Alec. we go. I have remembered this time. But as right. we established just before starting recording, Alec is looking for a new name because he keeps forgetting his own. So, so I, need something, I need something more catchy. Yeah. You know. Choose a good patron mm. saying that's the oh, most important. Ignatius. Ignatius. Mm. All right, that's I'm feeling it. You put in the bar very high for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there is a Saint Vivian. I always fancy the name Vivian. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm pretty sure there is as well. So yeah, so if you have any good suggestions for for good name for Alec to change his name because he keeps forgetting to introduce himself, just let us know. Yeah, <laughs> and in this episode we're gonna be talking about Lent. Uh, we are a bit late to the yeah. We're subject. actually in Lent, but I feel actually it's given me it's given me time to actually a bit more think about it, and now I'm in it. You know, because yeah. you always think about Lent, you're always preparing for Lent beforehand, and you're sort of thinking about what you're going to do for Lent, and then you get in there, and all of a sudden, it's very different when you're in Lent. So, yeah, yeah it's actually, I think it's quite good that we're doing this in Lent. It'll probably be a bit late. Maybe if you're listening to this next year, which will be 2021, um, it might be a little bit better. But if you're listening to this year, that's not a problem. You know, hopefully you get something out of it. The thing it is with Lent, as with any season, like, there is a lot of elements that we should incorporate in our everyday life anyway. And Lent is just this time to kind of focus and find those things that you should bring yourself, even after Lent, into your everyday life. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay, so let's put you on the spot, Paulina. You ready? All right. So, what is Lent? Uh, Lent is the period before Easter, after the carnival, <laughs> and before Easter. And it's the time of preparation uh, for the Easter holidays, uh, the Easter feast, one could say. And I was actually um, listening to stuff, kind of trying to prepare my own thoughts for this episode. Um, and I was surprised to find out that w- the word Lent comes from, um, is it their old English or German word meaning spring, Ooh. which is uh, obviously new life, Lovely. new beginning. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. It's, yeah. uh, so the same as all symbolism around Easter is based from like new life, freshness, you know, have, you know, eggs and everything. That all is uh, the, the symbolism of, of new beginnings, new life, new hope. Um, the word Lent in itself it also means this time when everything starts growing and everything flourishes. So I was very interested because I was learned to associate Lent with sad time because it's time of repentance and we are supposed to be sad because we are sinners. But at the same time, it's also time of like joyful preparation in its own way because we are, at the end of the day, we're expecting the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no point being sad about your sin, in a way. There's, there's, uh, there's you know, there's, there's merit in being, um, uh, in being, well, sorry for your sins, but actually being sad about it. You know, it doesn't necessarily get you anywhere. Anyway. As um, Jesus said, he had conquered the world already. Yeah. He won with sin, he won with death. So we are on the winning team anyway, so. Oh, the winning team. I love but that. Of course, we have to earn our place in mm-hmm. that winning team. Uh-huh. First of all, so well, the, pri- the price has been paid, but we still must, we still must get our way there somehow. Yeah, or at least start our journey here, and then yeah. we can finish it off later on. 
however painful that might be. And Lent is our way to start working on that or like refocus our... That's what I say, refocus. Refocus is always a good one. And if uh, sometimes actually I find lots of people... um, We'll have an incredible spiritual time during Lent, and it's it's a, it's a kickstart for for a lot of things, and a lot of, well, a lot of you know finding your vocation, a lot of discernment, a lot of deepening of faith. You know, it's a great time. Lent is a fantastic time. The readings, everything supports you at this time mm. of year is is really fantastic. Again, we, we were saying about Advent during Advent, how fantastic the readings are, and how fantastic the resources the church gives you to to help you sort of reflect and get through Advent. But actually, you know, the, the readings of Lent and the things that happen in Lent yeah. are just fantastic for that. So we are in. Second week of Lent right we now? We are indeed, we are indeed. Uh, how yeah. is it going for you so far, Alec? Yeah, not too bad. I'm quite enjoying it. I'm quite enjoying it. Did you make any resolutions? Uh, so, okay. <laughs> 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 I made the mistake this year of deciding I was going to do cold showers. What? Yeah, so I'm not having any warm showers or warm washes or anything like that for Lent. So that's why I have, I've stopped shaving because I was like, I can't do a <laughs> cold shave. That's why you have a beard. Yes, I can't do a cold shave. So <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to stop shaving. But... um. Yeah. Anybody, anybody oh. who you cannot see, Alec, but he has a little <laughs> beard going well, on. I wasn't really trying to comment on it, but he, right. yeah. he first mentioned it. So that's it. That's it. It's pretty bad. Anyway, um, yeah, but I've been doing cold showers, and that has actually been a really good reminder. It's been a really re- refreshing. Well, it would be refreshing, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's very cold, but it, you know, it's actually been really good because it's it's normally I do after the last few years I've given up unusual things, um, you know, things that are different from food. Because I always used to give up something that was food. Mm-hmm. But actually, the last few years, I've given up something or I've actually added something in. So uh, I will you know, give up, oh, I don't know, you know, something. But then I'd add in a prayer in in, in its space. And I'd, I'd do that. And that's actually, and I realize actually that's sort of the idea that you're supposed to do anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was sort of, yeah, like, but moving away from food has been really good. Because I've, I've got to the point where, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay giving up food. I don't mind not having something. It's not a, such a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you almost have to completely deny yourself of food um, to get to that point. So actually it's been really refreshing. And it's been hard. Yeah. Yeah. Getting in that culture is not easy. And since we're talking about like giving up uh, mm. food, for example, it's a big part of, of Lent, of the whole culture of Lent, that we are supposed to give up stuff. And why do we do that? What do you think? Why well, do we it's, have to it's removing things that get in the way, uh, getting between us and God. But it's not just that. It's also showing God that we, we do, we're doing some sort of penance. We, we are actually sorry for the sins that we, you know, it's some sort of outward sign that we are trying to repent for our sins. It's trying to put yourself through some sort of suffering uh, in order to sort of in some way identify with the suffering of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sort of, so it has m- so many meanings. So it's not just about denying yourself something, um, because I mean, it's it's forty days of fasting, forty days that Jesus spent in the desert fasting, um, but it, it does mean so much more. And actually, that sort of suffering we gain can really make us look at the cross in a new light, uh, look at the suffering that Christ underwent in some new light. And although we're not going to crucify ourselves this Lent, or at least we definitely hope we're not, um, in some way that suffering brings us so much closer to to the the death of Christ. And then again at Easter, we can then be brought so much closer to His resurrection. I was listening to interesting talk. It was about boredom and how boredom and being bored and not having much to do can be very good because God speaks in silence. So unless you don't allow yourself the time, the space, you're not going to hear much. And how creativity comes from silence as well, from like being bored. Um, and I, I think that connects very well with the idea of like giving up stuff for land and giving up stuff in general uh, that 
it's not only about like making space and then that feeling that in with something else. It's just making the space mm. so somebody else can come and feel yeah. it. In. Because I think I, I always see that like, oh, I give up something and I take on something else instead, which is a good practice. But it's also sometimes good to just let, let yourself have a space to be filled in and have you or just have a space to be bored, to, mm. to just stay still. Because uh, we are so tempted to always fill in those gaps and always just like, oh, I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to, uh, I, I, f- I, for my land, I decided to read the whole Bible in a month, which is very challenging. And I found myself rushing it and like yeah. trying to like uh, take every Not minute I can. Yeah. yeah, which I, I was prepared for. I knew that's going to happen. And I know I'm doing it wrong in a way that it's not the way you're supposed to really digest the Bible. But at the same time, like I, I see how it's good for me because I needed that because it still speaks to me on on levels. But at the same time, I know I'm not allowing myself enough of this of this just space to just kind of sit with it. And yeah. I think that's very very good. Whenever you, especially, a very good thing to give up on is social media. Mm. And I see that happen a lot. Uh, right now, Instagram is just dead. <laughs> <laughs> like on all the all the Catholic pages I'm following, they're just like very silent and they have so much such a lower engagement as well because uh, a lot of people are giving out uh, social media which is great because it's such a like good detox for your soul and for your brain and it's something that so easily gets in between you yeah and, and it's, it saves you so much time and it gives you the space to just be and refocus and let yourself refocus and let god speak to you and i think that's amazing and i actually think that's that is very key to think about before you decide what you're going to give up so, you know, what you what you were going to give up is is about what will bring you closer to God. And it's it's what will have most meaning for you rather than just picking something and giving it up. You know, if 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 it is uh, you, that you're wasting time somewhere that you could spend in prayer, then that's an absolutely fantastic one to do. It. So say you watch a lot of television and you give up that time that you watch television or that you watch Netflix or whatever it is, and you spend that time in prayer, that is exactly the idea. You, you are taking something out of your life that removes you from God, and you are putting yourself back in his presence and listening to him. And so it's, you know, fantastic sort of way to do it. Yeah, and it's but it's also key that if, if we are, that's, you know, if we are giving something up, so if you are giving up food, you must then take the money that you've saved or you must take the food that you haven't eaten and you must give that to the poor this is the idea yeah it must be linked to alms giving you know it can't because we need to follow through on our fasting in order for it to mean something and, and come into i think that's the element not many people actually know about because i was not very familiar with that up till very recently that that's actually the connection between between uh, fasting and alms giving yeah 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 that's right it loses sense if you just don't have some. I mean, it still has some effect because you are training yourself to be more strict and you you giving uh, getting the space. But yeah, you have to take those the resources that you saved, whether it's time, whether it's money, there's like actual product, and put it in a good use. Yeah, can just become uh, exercise for the sake of exercise. That's it. You're just doing it because it's something that you've been told to do. You know, well, anyway, so, I mean, we have, over here, we have Caffold's Family Fast Day. So, uh, I think that's, that is a collection specifically for the money that you're supposed to have saved from a day's fasting. Um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> so I, I, um, but yeah, you know, there's all sorts of things that, you know, so, but I mean, that would have been much easier back in today, you know, a few hundred years ago, if you gave up something. So, say there's a, there's someone poor down the road, um, and you give up food one day, and you 
give that food to that person that, you know, all of a sudden it's become full circle for you because that person now is a meal because you've given one up. And so therefore you could band together with your friends and you could all fast one day during the week so this person always has a meal. And, you know, th th then it's then the whole thing is, is, is meaning so much more and you've managed to feed an entire person just from fasting. Mm -hmm. And that sort of building up of, of how you put your faith into action is really key. And nobody's losing and everybody's gaining. Exactly, exactly. Because you're gaining spiritually and they're gaining in material well. I think it's also very important that sense that uh, the land shouldn't be just closed in this period. Because if you, for example, decide not to have sweets mm. uh, or not to have not to buy clothes, for example, for the whole time of land, because like me, you are a shopaholic. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> you put this money aside, but you know you're going to spend them after land and you go around shopping, like, I'm going to buy this. Once the land, land is ended, I'm going to do this, 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 this. <laughs> you should take those money and actually do something good with them because that's going to, bring so much more joy and so much more grace to your life m more than the object that you buy. Yeah. Because and once the Lent is ended and you go back straight into your old, hab old habits, it's kind of defeats the purpose. <coughs> <laughs> I lost voice. I'm say saying heresy, so my voice is giving up on me. <laughs> I think I think the, the church used to fast for something like 70 days a year. used to recommend that you mm -hmm. fasted something like 70 days a year. And I think they used to originally fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. Yes. That's right. And then they switched the Wednesday to a Saturday. And there's all these changes throughout time. But generally, they have cut back fasting. Mm -hmm. And there's there are particular things. Is it Pope Paul VI? Might be. He, he's the last one to change it. Uh, and it was... Uh, He's, you know, it's those people who are 14 and over fast. And it's a meatless Fridays. Yeah, yeah. I think the, uh, well, the idea of right. meatless Fridays was Yeah, and they switch things so around. So good. Yeah, and but so actually we get it a lot easier now than we used to. Now, <laughs> now it's not, it doesn't have to be meat products. No. Because before there was obligation that you That's shouldn't, right. you're not allowed to eat meat on Fridays. And then it was switched to just doing some form of fast or or some co form of commitment on Fridays, but once you give people this choice, they kinda go. Aside. Yeah, I know. I and a lot of people don't practice anything like that, which is a shame because I, I personally practice uh, meatless Fridays since I was little because that was a tradition in my family and a lot of families uh, in my neighborhood. Uh, so it was very natural that on on Friday nobody had meat, everybody had fish, and everybody had like veggies or or all that. And it was it became such a like natural thing for me. I don't think it's a lent, uh, it's a fast anymore <laughs> because <laughs> it's just, it's, just it's the way I am. Mm. Uh, but obviously, like right now, when you have like people who are vegetarian, I mean, meatless Fridays is a normal oh, Friday yeah, for yeah. them. Bring it so, on, yeah. So you kind of have to adjust this to the to the to the way you're living. So it actually is some effort. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, sometimes I get up in the morning and I realize I made myself a ham sandwich on a Friday. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, ah, oh, bum. Um, so I, you know generally what i'll do is i'll switch it i'll be like okay well i just won't have that beer or i have in the evening or i won't have that you know i just you know i'll go without something else that means something to me rather than the beer. <laughs> that's just because i forget because it's not been ingrained in me since birth so i'm yeah. saying they get ah oh, damn you know i've <laughs> done it again yeah it's but the whole idea of uh con consciously choosing to take something away from right, yourself that's right to bring you closer to God. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, the whole idea of fasting is to bring you closer to God. And it's and it is to some extent should make you suffer a little bit um, in that hope that it will bring you slightly closer to some of the sufferings that Christ has, but has gone through for us. But I want to uh, just highlight that the fasting shouldn't be harming 
No, so, no, no. Because there are people who take it to such a high level, they're going to take away so many things from themselves. God doesn't want you starving, and he doesn't want you uh, miserable or ill. So it's all within the reason as well. He wants to help you get to him. He wants to help you listen to him. He wants, you, you know, he, he is searching for us constantly, and he just wants to help us search back. Yeah. So it's it's more about removing things from your life which get in the way or which you don't need the, you know, to bring your life back to that central thing, which is Christ. And so anything that you're doing above and beyond, which is probably going to harm you or take you further away, it's just going to impact your search for God. It's, it's, it's probably best not, best not done. And the other thing that's going to bring us closer to God, as we mentioned before, is prayer. And Lent is a very specific time for prayer as well, especially prayer in repentance and kind of bowing down and acknowledging our all of sins and how bad we are. <laughs> for me, this is for me. This is always the key thing. I, I mean, um, the fasting brings me to repentance. Uh, you know, so the readings. You know, you will notice definitely in the readings mm-hmm. that you, you will, we are reminded of our sin, <laughs> and we are reminded that we need to repent during Lent almost constantly. And I think that is actually a hundred percent so key you yes. know we are recognizing our weakness and we are recognizing that then helps us recognize the fact that christ has saved us from our weakness mm-hmm. so this is you, you'll know as a common theme we're driving everything here towards the fact that christ died and christ rose so everything all that you do during lent is driven towards the fact that christ died and then he rose and that's the key thing so in in terms of prayer in terms of penance and everything that leads you to any repentance, it's all leading you back to Christ. So, I mean, yeah, it's a great time to of self-reflection. So, number one, now we've removed things from our life that are uh, bad. So that's we've already had to do some self-reflection to get there. And now we've got this extra time or we've started to think a bit more. We can start to lead that through in these weeks of Lent, in these 40 days. And we can start to really consider our lives and who we are uh, and where we want to be as well. Uh, and especially in terms of imitating Christ. So now we're reaching the the full climax of the gospel. We're reaching the full climax of Jesus's life. The, the final example he gives us in that he gives up his life. And so we now want to drive our lives into that example, into imitating him and then into giving up our lives to him at Easter. So it's it's sort of like that prayer and penance is recognizing the fact that we're weak and trying to really do something about that in Lent, trying to go to confession at least once during Lent and really trying to to show God that you want to change and that you want to bring your path in towards in towards imitating Christ. Yeah. Well done. Well <laughs> said. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um the thing I, I've noticed, especially about modern Christianity, I don't say anything bad about Protestant brothers, <laughs> or because the same we thing happens in Catholic Church, so uh, yeah, nobody's better here. But we focus so much about the joy uh, of faith. And it's good, because we are supposed to be joyful, and we're supposed to be happy, uh, because we are saved, and, and, and yeah, we are children of God. But we also have to uh, remember about the price that uh, Jesus paid for it and also uh, why he had to pay this price, why he had to we're naughty people. Yeah. And um, as much as we have to rejoice in his glory, we should also be modest in our repentance and uh, 
see our sin for what it is, not for something worse or better, uh, because it's not about beating yourself up mm-hmm. and then saying like I'm the worst person or I'm not uh, not who he wants me to be. It's about just recognizing uh, your bad side and trying to get better. I mean, there's so many things in life where it's it's about recognizing what's wrong and then putting into th- practice actual things which are going to help you get away yeah. from what's wrong as we said before we have to imitate christ in in his glory and also in his cross so whatever he went through we also come in through in our lives and it's okay and it's it's very important to take this time and just look in yourself and see those all, all those things that you want to change all those things that you might have failed and how you can take something good out of it yeah. and how you can take your cross and carry it with cro- with Christ until you reach heaven. There's a, there's a fantastic quote from St. Ignatius. Um, I can't remember the exact words, so I'll sort of um, summarize, but it's, it's basically, if God sends you suffering, you should rejoice because he surely wants to make you a saint. You know, it's not yeah. those words, but it's um, it's, it's, it's about the fact that, you know, if, if God is sending us suffering, then he wants, he wants to perfect us because it's through the suffering that Christ gave us the example of that we become like Christ and we become saints. So it, it's almost that the fact that actually in all this, you know, grueling stuff. Oh, you know, you've got to uh, you've got to recognize your weakness. Oh, you've then got to deny yourself these things and you know, read the Bible in all these days and you know you've got to give money to the poor and all this stuff. But actually, there's a fantastic joy in that. Yeah. And and you've got to find that. And and if you if you are being really weighed down by it, finding it really depressing, then you're missing the point completely. Yeah. Because uh, it's you know it is such a joyful thing to be able to do what we're doing. And you know, Christ on the cross isn't exactly joyful when you first look at that lots of the lots of crucifixes crucified will will show him with his head bowed and it's you know it's a very sad moment and it is a very sad moment but actually there's incredible joy from that and incredible glory and and it's in recognizing that through our own suffering that we will truly you know get closer to god i think i think um christ is, is like two in one package like you cannot have glory without the cross you have to take both if you only wanna come for the glory you're not gonna reach it because he didn't reach it without the cross, and he was God. So, <laughs> yeah, surely if he cannot do it, we we won't manage to do it ourselves either. So, if you wanna join him, we have to join him all the way, not yeah. just for the fun part. And but we also have to remember that the way we go in is up. So, uh, at the end of the day, uh, we should find comfort in that that all this restricting ourselves all those rules all those repentance um it's not to make us miserable to make us depressed to make us waste our lives is quite the opposite is to make us the happiest people forever yeah i think we had um recently we had some francis of rome's feast day there's there's actually loads of saints um who are hit with illnesses throughout their life and quite a lot of suffering um actually bernadette lords is another great one um, all these saints that actually, you know, they, Benedetta Lord, she has the apparitions and then her life is, you know, it's hard afterwards, but she, she, she is steadfast in her faith and she is steadfast in everything she does and she's steadfast in joy. Um, and so some of the examples of these saints, when they're, when they're going through these sufferings or they're, they're having to recognize their sins, there's great joy in that. And actually, if you, if you do look at some of their lives, it will give you great encouragement because, you know, they're, they're fantastic people, of course, because they're saints. Although you find people like my mom. 
would say like why is it that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people and it's like oh if i am meant to meet all these obstacles and all this pain i would rather not be sane but if somebody thinks like that i think they don't really understand what being saint means and what comes with being saint because all the struggles and all the suffering let's say because it's not really that much of suffering when we talk about like everyday stuff uh, everyday like obstacles like giving up simple things um they are nothing in comparison to what we're gonna get in exchange for that and in the other way around um having this life of like pleasure on earth is not gonna be worth than going and, and being rejected by god because you rejected him in the first place. So that kind of you have to remember that even though it might seem bad or like unfair of like anything, you have to remember the big picture. Yeah, what you're going for. I saw I was in a school today and actually someone did this really well. Not my words. Oh, this guy is fantastic. Um, he was saying, okay, so you've got a chocolate cake. And you have a little bit of that chocolate cake. You can smell it. And it smells really good. You have a little bit. And it is delicious. That's such a good chocolate cake. It is fantastic. But your mum, she takes it away from you. And she says, you can't have any more. But you can you can have this. this you can have this cake now. Or you can wait. And I will give you this cake again. And the most scrumptious uh, food you can ever imagine I will give you both but you have to wait so do you take the piece of chocolate cake now or do you wait for all of the scrumptious you know great stuff at the end I mean you wait yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's easy to say I know but are, as humans because we so don't we don't 100% know what's there you yeah know? and that's what faith is about yeah. So we're, we're trying. That's why it's called faith. Yeah. <laughs> so we have faith that it's there, and we, we believe it's there, and for our lives we affirm it's there, and through everything that we're doing in Lent, we we are affirming that we believe it's there. But yeah, it does mean that you have to forego the chocolate cake for forever, however many years that is. But you know. That's why I think patience is a great virtue mm, to to true. try to get yeah. because we are we tend to be very impatient in this very fast moving world. Everybody wants things now, now, now. When you tap on your phone once and it doesn't Does show up in one millisecond, oh, you true. get impatient. Why is it if you if your computer doesn't load in one millisecond, you're like, oh, I have to wait for this thing. So we are so used to having things instantly, instant rewards. We constantly have to be rewarded by things that it's so difficult to to wait for stuff. That's why I find it very difficult to go to the gym because you have to <laughs> do it for a certain <laughs> amount of time. And we just want to kind of click done. That's why Photoshop is way more attractive because you can <sighs> just change your appearance straight away. That's and true. Instead of committing and doing this thing over and over and over again. But we have to learn to also live in the truth and actually see for who we are and try to get to the perfect vision of ourselves manually, slowly, mm. in patience, in time, which can be very annoying. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's going to be very, very rewarding. So I think, um, actually, in terms of in Lent, it's good to make sort of like Lenten resolutions that are things to do with helping the poor. 
I'm very, you know, Lent is a great time to go out and help the poor. So I would thoroughly recommend to anyone if you have given up a television program or something like that, or you've done some sort of like, uh, or you just have spare time during Lent, I would absolutely 110% uh, say go out and find your local homeless shelter and and help there this winter. Help there this Lent, you know. Go out there and actually try and and help with poverty a little bit and get your hands dirty and and try and give it a bit of a go and and actually try and engage with what essentially is the ministry of Christ Uh, because you will start to understand, again, his journey so much better. You know, there's that that bit where he's criticized for spending all that time with sinners and he says, well, you know, um, the the healthy don't need a doctor, it's the sick. Mm -hmm. Um, So, guys, go out to the sick. And if that's a bit too scary... Because that might seem <laughs> scary for people to just go out and do that, and logis- logistically difficult sometimes mm, because not o- every charity is gonna just open the door for people just coming in. They should do. They should, but <laughs> everything has to be regulated because we also have to protect vulnerable people. Very true. Uh, you can just try to talk to people in your parish, stay after the mass, try to make some friends. Try to find Christ in other people around you who you know already are interested in Christ. Because I think on the parish level, we also should try to engage. Uh, a few weeks back in our parish, we did um, Name Badge Sunday. Oh, yes. And I was terrified by that idea. <laughs> I ran away. <laughs> but it's such a. <laughs> Getting <laughs> the idea there, that's it. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a great thing. If you go to to your local church and you don't talk to anybody apart from like your family or like the closest friend, try to make some friends in your parish because that's gonna bring such amazing fruits for you or from that person. That's and true. from there you can try doing something from other people together with those people. Yeah. If you don't feel comfortable just going by yourself and trying to find a way to help people, just try to do that. And if you wanna do something good, there's lots of things you can donate places to food banks you can do a lot of things i don't know there's uh, every town has so many different opportunities it's very it's very localized these yeah. sort of things yeah different i found out are. amazing thing about public fridges i don't know if that's the correct word mm. uh there are fridges for homeless people i know there is one in our town uh where you can just go and put your food that you're not gonna use in a safe place and people know that they can find that, and it's going to be stored in the right place. Oh, and people can come back, and everybody can come in and take whatever they need. And that's helping food waste, and that's helping people who are in need. It, it don't, they don't even have to be homeless. They can be poor or just needing food in that moment. And it's it's amazing. It's resourceful. It's ecological. Yeah, like into brilliant. saving the planet and stuff. Yeah, it's exactly the sort of thing. There's so many things. So the excuse that you don't know what to do, you have no, no... <sighs> you just need to look around. Where you're doing it, just Google it. You, there is so many things you can do. Or even if just donating stuff online, just, you know, sharing stuff with people. There is so many different ways you can spread yeah. awareness of, of problems and you can help people out. Oh, it's so much more than just money. Yes. Getting at. It's, it's much more about the engaging with the ministry of Christ rather than just giving money. I mean, I mean, giving money is very important and you should you should do that if you can. But yeah, it's, it's much more if you want to have a really fruitful and you want to. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's about engaging with that ministry of Christ in, in whatever bit that you engage with. But yeah, because sometimes uh, people who need help, uh, the very fact of people wanting to give them help is more helpful the physical help yeah. itself yeah. because it's not sometimes not about providing somebody with food 
Yeah. It's sometimes about the fact that somebody wanted it's to do chat. that. It's the chat, and they want. The, it's the dignity that you give someone when you when you ask them their name. Yeah. You know, when it, when that homeless person, you, you smile at them and you ask them, you don't have to give them anything, but you, you know, it's asking mm-hmm. their name, making them feel like a human again is is absolutely invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. Yeah. I work in care, and in our house, we have one specific client. Uh, she always w- wants to help help with washing her hair, which is. She's kind of capable of doing this by itself. But the thing is, she doesn't want to just wash her hair. She just wants to have a chat. And washing her <laughs> hair, drying it, straightening it, spending that time gives her opportunity to talk. So whenever I come up to her flat and, and I, I do her hair, the, the only thing she wants to do is to chat. She turns <laughs> off TV, she turns off everything, and she just focuses on me. And she asks me about my day and asks and talks about her day. And it's way more important than the hair. Because mm. she can do without, she can do with going with greasy hair. And it's that's not the ministry. That's yeah. the ministry right there. Yeah, it's. I mean, in my case, it's not really ministry. It's my work. Well, then it but is a ministry. But you can do that for a person that you know. If you know somebody who's lonely, just go and visit them, give them a chat, let let them socialize, and that's gonna mean so much more. Especially if you know any elderly people who are maybe homebound, they cannot leave as often. Next door neighbor, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. smile at neighbors. Amazing. Yeah, that's true, actually. Just saying hello, actually. Smile at people. That's yeah. goes a long I, way. I know, actually. A smile does go a long way. I was, uh, you know, working in London, a smile is hard. <laughs> it's hard to put on in the morning, I will people, tell you. People are going to think you're a freak. I know. They, <laughs> I mean, they do, they do, they do. Uh, I, you know, and a lot of the time I do fail to keep the smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is constantly in my mind that, oh, come on, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah. So, but actually, yeah. So, and actually, you'll find that I find that a lot harder than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In arms giving. The money is the easiest way. Out. Oh, it's so just easy. You and can go online. Yeah, you just online it. It just Don't, disappears yeah. out your bank account. There's no thought. It just disappears. And it's so distant from us. Yeah, but Jesus said, like, whoever you, you do for for the smallest of people, you're doing it for him. Mm, if you true. if you meet somebody ill, you, you've been meeting ill Jesus. You're, well, you're ministering to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So everything you do, you, you're doing it for Jesus. So try to meet Jesus in those people in your everyday life. It doesn't have to be a big heroic thing. It doesn't have to involve a lot of money or even a lot of time. Sometimes five minute chat with your neighbor can bring amazing gifts. Spot on. Yeah. All right. So um, have you got some quotes you want to share? Um, some Lenten quotes? I've got one bit of scripture that I'll share that just encompasses Lent for me. But well, we were talking about the prayer and then and like I, I need you to read that out because I'm afraid <laughs> that we're going to... The first one. Zephaniah. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> oh, you Yes. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty saviour who will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love. Yeah. Oh. I think this is like a promise that he gives us. <laughs> it's lovely. Because he, he never leaves us alone. He never leaves us uh, to suffer by our own. And he always gives back 10 times more oh. than we give. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there was this... This ah, oh, so I'm reading this book at the moment. It's called um, "To Be a Pilgrim." It's by kind of as Hume, and there's this idea. I just really like the idea of the fact that God is searching for us, mm. and we, mm. we we think we're searching for Him. No, 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 no. God is searching for us. Oh, that's interesting. And it's this flipping on its head, and I I just I've just got really into this sort of thinking like ah, oh. and so then you're all of a sudden thinking of ways in which He's searching for you rather than thinking of ways in which you can search for him. If that makes any sense. That's very interesting yeah. because I, I was I, I had this I listened to this talk 
that was all based about the quote from the gospel when Peter says to Jesus, everybody's looking for you when when they left after the the miracle of like uh, multiplying the bread and they leave and, and and Peter finds Jesus and says like everybody's looking for you and that's kinda shows that everybody's looking for him even without knowing it. But you kinda flips it on a on a it's the God who's looking for us. I've never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm really, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very far through it. But I'm just really enjoying thinking about that one. Anyway, so there's this, there's this one quote that I have from uh, Joel. This like sums up Lent for me. Um, Return to me with your whole heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. Keep it in the middle there. Rend your hearts, not your garments. It's about the cleanliness of your soul and your heart and your inclinations of your heart rather than how you look. Yeah. So it's not about putting on, you know, it's not about putting on a, I don't know, shaving your head or something like that. It's, it's much more about purifying your soul. Purifying it's not about surface heart. level. It's about exactly. the it's about inside. inside. So if, if someone looks like they're not fasting and they're just having a great Lent, then... Don't judge them because they might be, you know, they're, they're, they might be in the process of cleaning their soul. Jesus says that in the gospel as well when he's explaining when you pray, That's you right. pray in darkness because God Go into a corner, it. you know. Yeah, <laughs> God's going to see it. God when sees you, it. When you are fasting, uh, put oil on your head. Don't be the hypocrites. Don't be yeah. the hypocrites. That's right. If you're yeah. doing it for God, not for everybody to see. Don't Instagram it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, but like, spread awareness. Uh, be proud <laughs> of, of your land. Be proud of, of what you're doing, of that you're striving to be closer to God, uh, but don't use it as argument against other people who are not doing it. Yeah. All right, so, so we'll wrap this up. So um, uh, the main thing that we that this is all about is just remember that it's this preparation for, first of all, the death of Jesus on the cross and then his resurrection. So, you know, whatever that means for you in your life, just have a think about that. But whatever you do during Lent is preparation for that journey. You are on that journey with Jesus. You are sharing in his suffering and you are looking to the glory of his resurrection. So just, just remember that in everything you do. Um, and don't let all the bits of society and all the secularized things get in the way of all this mess. So make sure that you are solely focused on the cross of Christ. I remember that is the effort accounts, how much you can do. It, it can differ on the place that you are in your life right now. But it's all about effort. And God sees how much you want to be close to him. And that's going to, he's going to meet you because he's looking for you. So if you only let him find you, he will do it. And he will grace you with all the glory. And yeah, he will comfort you in your Lent struggles. Yeah. Spot on. And remember that joy. Get that joy in there. Yes. Ah. It's a time of joy. It is. In purple. I keep telling yourself that. I keep telling yourself that. Uh, thank you, Alec, for joining me for this episode of Holy Bubble. Pleasure as always. It was nice talking to you. Uh, I missed you and your awful beard. <laughs> it's so bad. You guys can't see it, but it's so bad. I'm going like, to no, take a not. snack She's picture. Not. Definitely, <laughs> not. Definitely not. I'm covering this face. I'm putting a scarf on. Balaclava. Oh, we all find a wa- ways to, le- uh, to repent. Our own ways. Mine is an itchy beard. Yes. Bit of a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, that is a weird one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, let us know what did you think, if we said any heresy or not. And yeah, follow yeah. us on social media on holy underscore bubble. Yeah. And we will talk to you next week. Catch up with you later. Yeah. Woohoo. Oh.
God bless. Amen.